Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Phil Kirkbride, and today joined by Adam Jones and Paul Wheelock. As for the second time this week, we chew the fat over all the major talking points at Goodison Park. But specifically today, in a lean and mean podcast, we reflect on quite an eventful uh, Friday afternoon at the club. Uh, Michael Silver's pretty much press conference as normal, but of course, dominated by his future and uh, everything that goes with it. But that had been preceded by uh, an official statement from Marcel Brands, uh, and we'll talk about that, which also included not just words about the situation and, and the club support for the manager, but also the fact that the club are close to agreeing a new deal for Richarlison. So it's been quite a manic couple of hours. For the football club, we'll try and uh, digest and, and analyse uh, all of that in the next sort of 20 minutes or so. Um, Adam, we'll start with the press conference um first and then we'll roll back and, and talk about what Marcel Brand said. Uh, you were at Finch Farm with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you make of, of Marco's demeanour, how he handled the, the, the questions that we all knew were going to come um, and, and generally his mood? Uh, I thought his demeanour was pretty relaxed. So I, thought he, I thought he dealt with all the questions that were going to come his way quite well. I think he'd obviously, you know, he'd obviously had a couple of days that he knew that these kind of questions were going to be coming his way. So he had a couple of days to prepare. And yeah, I think I think he said... Right things in the, in the circumstances that are right in front of him. Look, he, obviously he was very clear to to everyone that he wasn't happy with how things were going, but he's still got ultimate confidence in himself that he can turn this round. He's been telling that to the players. He said, "Look, I'm not doing anything differently. We're still working just as hard on the training pitch to try and uh, turn these results around and get Everton back up the table." And I think at the end of the day, that's all Everton fans want to see, really, isn't it? Like just th- that sort of progression. Uh, up to the other end of the table, I don't think he was. He looked uh, any any more like moody in any sort of way. If, if that's a, he didn't look a beaten man. No, no, absolutely not. You know, he, he was still cracking a couple of jokes, uh, having having a few smiles, but you know, he he wasn't trying to put a brave face on it. He was just he was just being him, and I think uh, that was actually quite welcoming to see. To be honest, you know, because you don't you don't like to see you know any sort of anger or sadness on on the face of an Everton manager. So I think it was good to see him come out and, you know, have a smile on his face and, you know, take this in the most calm way as possible. Paul, football managers, duty-bound, you know, Premier League rules, etc. They've got to give pretty much press conferences. But you would have been forgiven, Marco would have been forgiven if he would have loved to have swerved today. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But, um, you know, from what you can gather in the senses... Was it handled as well as could have been expected? Yeah, I, I agree with what Adam's just said there. It was a really unenviable position for him to, to be in, whether you think he's the right man for the job or not. He's he's had it tough this week, I know. 
Uh, Marcel Brand's statement came out, which we're going to discuss, but up until then, it, it was radio silence, wasn't it? And, like, I know he said in the press conference, and rightly so, that he has to cut out the noise and not read things, not listen to things, but no doubt he would have been aware of, course, of, yeah. of, you know, he's human at the end of the day. People would have been talking about it. Uh, but I thought he handled it quite well. I thought he, he, he was himself, wasn't he? Mm. You know, that was... He didn't come out and try and be ultra positive or I say look worried or look stressed by the situation he he was himself and credit to him for that you know the, the bottom line is results have to improve and and that's what it'd be judged on but I I had a lot of sympathy for him this week because I know you did a piece on it Phil and I, I thought I agreed agreed with it completely I felt he's lacked a little backing this week I think something could have been said post Norwich Pre Leicester, uh, but he did he did okay in the in the circumstances today, and and hopefully you know the players appreciate that the way you know he he defended them in that press conference Absolutely, as well, yeah. and hopefully they repay him on Sunday. Because of course some managers who were at a football club not too long ago would have probably thrown a few of those players. Yeah. Into the bus. <laughs> definitely, definitely, yeah. and he's not done that. And uh, I, I wasn't on the the podcast earlier in the week, but I listened to it uh, on the way into work today. Funnily enough, and again, Marco. I think we came across in that podcast he's not the only one to blame for the situation the players have to pick it up as well well um, I'd, Wheelow mentions um, the public backing that did finally come just before Marco sat down from the press I think it was it was close to one if not after one o'clock yeah. when we finally saw it um, Marcel Brand's giving a short interview to the club website um, and amongst other things stressing uh, that it's a united front and that everybody's behind him and and I think maybe the standout quote for me was, he said, it's important, especially at this club, after a couple of years of instability, that we stick together in this situation. Um, what what from that and what else Marcel said, what did you take from it? Was it the, the right amount of backing that, that Marco will have, will have wanted? You know, do you think that, not draws a line under it, so mm. to speak, but sets Everton's stall out for the time being? I think it does, yeah. I, I think for the time being is probably the key point there. I think, you know, if you're Marco Silver and you're looking at that, you're thinking, well, he, he could have maybe backed me a little bit more in this sort of scenario, yeah. And and I can, I can see that this isn't a staunch right. This is this is our man. This is how we're doing it from now until the end of the season. I think it was right for the club to come out and you know say what they've said. You know, I think as we've all mentioned that it, it should have come a bit earlier in the week than it ha- than it has done. But you know, it's here now and. Uh, I think Marcel's right in what he said, you know, it, it is, you know, if we can help it, we really want a, this period of unity and stability because it, it's, it's constant chopping chopping and changing and, you know, starting from scratch again and again and so many clean sh- slates, you know, it, it gets to a point where it's just not sustainable for the club anymore. Now, obviously, as we said earlier in the week, you've got to weigh that up to the situation at the club and, you know, if results keep getting so bad, then... Unfortunately, that is the way that it's got to go. But I think it's right for brands to come out at this stage, at least, and say, "Look, this is this is a, a, a unit together, not just you know at boardroom level, but for the managerial staff, for the players as well, and for the fans. You know, ev- everybody wants to be a real unit in this, and you know that's something that Silver again alluded to in his press conference. He wanted to rebuild that sort of relationship between himself and the fans. He knows the only way to be able to do that is if his players perform for him on the pitch." So, you know, a lot a lot will boil down to, you know, what happens against Leicester and then against Liverpool, against Chelsea, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, I think the the clear message from Brands is that, you know, this, this sort of unity is what Everton needs at the minute. 
And to try and prioritise that right now, I think is probably the right thing to do. And Wheeler, on the specifics of, of and that you know that statement was was welcome and something a lot of people, including ourselves, had thought should have come earlier. And you know, and it finally has come. That's good. Do you think the it was? as I sort of mentioned to Adam, the right move in that respect. Because some people will have said, well, you've not said how long you're backing him for. But the reality is, I don't think anybody at the football club would want to back themselves into any sort of corner to say, he's our man to the end of the season. Because, heaven forbid, Touchwood doesn't go this way. But imagine things went horribly wrong. Um, you know, and then it's come back, comes back to bite them, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's You don't have to be completely unanimous saying yes. like he's our man, he's going to be here for the rest of the season or he's got two, how many years left on his contract. It's just something there. And it did, it kind of like break the, broke the ice, didn't it? Yeah. Before the press conference, there was something else to talk about. I know Marco still faced the questions and understandably so, but it it, it felt like it was it was completely justified. And, you know, the, the sad fact is of the matter that he may have the club's backing and it may be a night of run, but God forbid if we were to lose these next two games yeah. heavily, things change and it's not the club lying at yeah. all it's just before these big next couple of games we're saying you've you've got our support we're a yeah. united front but things do change in football and equally like i think you, you touched that again on the podcast on on wednesday what if we go to leicester and win what if we get a point mm. in the derby or win one of these next two or get two two draws everyone's going into a chelsea in a, in a week's time and the whole scenario is different but mm. Yeah, it was just needed. It was, there was some, something had to be said today. And, and in a way, I'm quite glad it was Marcel Brands as yes. well because we brought him in in the last summer, uh, so the summer before last, to be that link between yeah, the board mm. and the manager. And uh, it was interesting what Marcel, uh, sorry, Marco was saying at the press conference today that they are a team and they speak together regularly. Mm. And it, it felt right that it came from him as well, yeah. I thought. I think the fact that he was talking about unity so much as well kind of alludes to the fact that I, I, I still think it would be completely unfair to blame Silver for everything that's gone wrong this season because, you know, we've had a, a dr- dreadful look of the green and rub of the green, sorry, in terms of, you know, injuries and, you know, we'll come dodgy, on to, we'll come on to yeah, that. <laughs> dodgy VAR decisions and, you know, play, players just essentially being out of form. So I think it was interesting to see brands like relate to that sort of unity. Like this is a United front. Maybe Silver's not the only man to blame. Obviously he takes a, a large portion of the, of the blame. Well, well, Marcel actually says also in, in the statement, and you can read it on the website, that, you know, look, everybody, and he lists, he said, including myself, the manager, the players, the club, everybody has to be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think that's absolutely the right thing to do. It, it, it's not, This wasn't just a statement about the manager, this was a statement about the club itself and where the club stands right now, and I think it was important for that to be the case because, you, you know, obviously the, Pressure's on Marco Silva at the minute, but it's not just his fault that we're here. Yeah, totally agree. Twice, yeah. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and as I mentioned just then, as you alluded to, as part of the press conference, there was some football chat. <laughs> not a great deal. Um, Marco obviously commented on the fact that, you know, there hadn't been a great deal of questions about the game on Sunday. <laughs> Sadly, the answers that we got weren't particularly positive because as well as the already accepted that, that Delph would be a doubt, um, Positive news, it sounds like Bernard's going to be available for the squad, whether he starts. But unfortunately, um, Michael Silver had to report that Seamus Coleman will be missing, that Theo Walcott is a doubt, and that quite crucially, given the position in which he plays, Morgan Schneidlin is a doubt as well. Obviously, I don't need to remind any of your listeners that that obviously compounds an issue. Delph is a doubt. Gomez out for the rest or most of the season. 
and Jean-Philippe Gobamin out till end of the month, but who knows before he's back fully up to speed and, and ready to play in the Premier League. What does he do, Elo? Yeah, I'm glad I'm not in his position. <laughs> I, I don't know. Do you if if he's to stay with his tried and trusted kind of formation, do you drop a Wobi or Sigurdsson back in there? Mm. There is that option, but again, Tom Davis, who I think's done pretty well since coming back into the team. I, I don't know if either or any of those three players offer the protection that we're, we're probably going to need at well, last. I, I don't think any. I, I think I think of senior, and we must stress that because obviously there are a couple of young lads who mm-hmm. would maybe be sort of screaming, give me a chance, gaffer, you know, Beningami, who has an injury of his own. <laughs> Tuesday, we're not, we're not sure how, how well his recovery's gone. Um, Dennis Adenaran is a midfielder who's played across the midfield for the 23s and done, done very well recently, it must be said. Mm. Um, so in terms of senior defensive midfielders, the squad, as we sit here and record it, does not look like it has a fit one. That's very worrying, given the strength of, yeah. of, of Leicester. So do you go to three at the back? To bring Keane back in and play, but then you've still got the issue of probably playing two or three centre midfielders. Well, but, I, hmm. I'm I'm probably on your wavelength in that respect. I think if you play three at the back and then you just pack the midfield yeah. with bodies, yeah, with mm-hmm. a five, yeah, mm-hmm. and and that obviously would mean probably Calvert Lewin would start up front um, for me anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's how I would I would try and get round it. Mm. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, I think the only alternative other than that is to play Davis as the number six. And, you know, this is something that's come up in press conferences gone by, isn't it? You know, obviously he's performed very well for England under-21s there over the last couple of months. But Silva doesn't seem to think he fits that sort of profile in the way he wants to set up Everton. The only thing he'd have to do now is cha- he'd have to change his mind if he was if he was going well, to yeah. if he was going to stick with that and then maybe play Sigurdsson and Iwobi alongside him as does sort he, of like he- a... Three. What, what was the Spurs formation? Four one four one. Delft yes. screening. Yeah, could yeah. you do that job? <laughs> you might have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think he's better equipped to do that job than someone like Gilfie Sigurdsson or well, Alex yeah, Iwobi. Absolutely, yeah. So, consider considering they're the only three options in that sort of central midfield role, you know, senior options anyway at the minute. I think Tom Davis would have to maybe sit back in that sort of thing, but I. I I think I agree with you too. I, th- I personally think maybe a switch to a three at the back is going to be the best way to do this because at least then you've got an extra body there for defensive cover. Well, what about the two young lads? And let, let's let's work on the premise <coughs> that Benny Beningami, uh, the shin injury, picked up is fine and he's and he's available, and that Dennis is available as well. Would you give a, either of those an opportunity and say, well, as players, particularly in Benny's case, players who are whose whose CV on the website would say defensive midfielder. That's their position. Do, do you play them above just bunging senior players who are a bit more attack-minded into into that position? I'd always say yes to a certain extent because, yeah, that's their position. And if we've got an academy, we've got an under-23 team that has done very well in recent years, why not throw them in? It's Leicester away. <laughs> you know, yeah. they yeah. are absolutely flying. The King Power, I think, is one of the better grounds in the country when the atmosphere is right there. Yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah. It, 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 in a way, it makes sense to bring him in because he fits the position if it was a 4-1-4-1 or another defensive midfielder. And he's been, he was involved in the squad last weekend, wasn't he? he was on yeah, the bench. and he's had previous experience in the... Before, yeah, yeah. Under Unzi, didn't he? he played so, against Leicester, funnily enough. Yeah, and he came off, came off the bench and he was the best yeah, player. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I just worry about the... Not, not him or his ability... 
but I just don't know if this is the game Situation. for mm. that. And I think people like Lesser Owobi, but Sigurdsson, if they have to play out of position a bit differently, the older team anyway. Yeah. You know, they there's, there's certain players who owe the fans and the manager performance after Norwich. And if they have to dig in and do something differently, so be it really. You know, I think whoever's on that pitch in whatever formation is, at the very least, if we get beaten by the better team on Sunday, you can hold your hands up because Leicester are a very good team at the moment. But motivation level should not be a problem. Yeah, they might be out of position, but I, I don't think that can be an excuse for them. Mm. Well, we will see what comes on Sunday afternoon, the team and uh, kick off 4.30, so around 3.30, hopefully a little bit before we should get a sniff of of what the team and what Marco has been available to pick. Um, just on that, by the way, though, surely, and I know that Schneidling could be, come back, could, could be fit for the derby and, and for the rest of the season and Delph, hopefully, but doesn't days and situations like this reinforce as much as the club, understandably, and I agree with them, are loath to do business in January, has to be a look for a lone midfielder, surely. Yeah, you're going to have to, aren't you? And the two two of our you know big money signings in the summer are both out indefinitely now. You know, obviously we say Gabamon might be fit by the end of the month, but when's he going to be back into you know a Premier League rhythm? He's only ever had 135 minutes of Premier League football. You know, it, it's probably going to take him a while to you know. Absolutely, yeah. I, I'd, I'd argue it could take him until the end of the season until he fully feels like a Premier League player. You know, Gomez is in a race against time to even get fifth before the end of the season. So, in all likelihood, we probably won't see the best of them until next season now, which means we, we've got a, a distinct gap there where we've got Fabian Delph, Morgan Schneiderlin, Tom Davis, who's obviously stepped up and done re- very well. But in terms of the, the previous two, we've got Schneiderlin, who dips in and out of form. Delph, who's been dipping in and out of fitness. We can't really afford to keep that going until the end of the season. If you compare it to the best moments of last season where a midfield had a Drissa, Gomez, Mm -hmm. it's just night and day, isn't it? Well, it was a a pretty constant thing, wasn't it? Like when we had that, I think it was a decent run of form in October and November. Yeah. It was coincided with Gomez being introduced into the team, him and and Guy striking up that partnership instantly. And, you know, I've, I've got no doubt that, you know, being able to pick that stable starting 11 was a massive help to Silva. And it's no coincidence that the fact that he hasn't been able to pick a stable just, start in 11 is going to be hurting him. You just think, don't you, in your mind's eye, you think, God, won't it be great when a fully fit Gomez, fully fit Delph, and a fully fit Gabamin will play together? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole team just has a different he's, look. He's not one thing he hasn't had at all this season is luck, is it, Marco, mm. to be fair? And again, it seems like the kind of perfect storm's continuing with these latest yeah. injuries. Like, yeah, it's, it's probably only... Not now, but we've realised over these last couple of months how big a player guy was. We knew yes, it in the second yeah, half yeah. of last season, but you know, it's that that's not really Silver's fault, is it? Because you know he did what he had to do in the second half of last season to get his big move to PSG, and you, unfortunately, the man who was identified as a potential replacement's out injured. So there are certain factors that are just not going his way at the moment. And going back to that change of formation, he might have to change of formation for his options on the wing. If, Bernard, if Bernard's not fit enough to start the game, which, you know, he's been out for a, a long while now. Especially with Charles. Essentially, essentially a month he's been out. He might need a bit of time to get back up to the swing of things. We've only got Richarlison uh, as, a, as a wide player. Andy, Andy Gordon, Gordon could be a player Moy, to step Moy, up. You could play Moise Keane. Moise Keane on the right wing look, again. Yeah. Like it's, Just you playing wide right. He's got so many difficult decisions. The frustrating thing is, actually, I was thinking about this in the week, uh, the other day, and did a piece on maybe what the team could be before we knew some of these injuries and suggested, well, Walcott's best performances have been when he's he's ditched the idea of being a, uh, 
a typical orthodox winger and come in off the sides. You know, mm-hmm. certainly that performance against West Ham when he was doing yeah. things and you thought, well, if, if we're playing a, a 3-5-2 or 4-5-1 or something, it'd be ideal for him to, to drift in, but we don't even know if he's going to be fit. <laughs> It's it's such a hard situation for Silver to be in. And, I mean, especially with the pressure he's already under with the, the, the kind of results that we've been having. You know, he, he could do without some of these injuries, definitely. I'll tell you what, if he could get a result with oh. these injuries, oh. it really, again, you can't, it's too early to say it could be like a springboard. But my, what was like, you know, even a draw, and I know people may listen to this and go, Everton drawing at Leicester. Oh. But given the circumstances, yeah, we like second, second place Leicester. We like yeah. taking a draw all day. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it could be. It could, it could, I don't know if it would be the making of him, but it could change that. Yeah, the, the time. The mood, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, last part of today's podcast. Um, Touchwood, he will be fit because my word do we need him, but my word do we need him most weeks. Described as a key player, Marcel Brennan's revealing they are in the final details of handing Richarlison a new and improved contract, um, which will tie him to the club until 2024, which is the equivalent of a 12 months extension. But of course, it's, it's, it's a bigger and better deal for a player who has proven his worth. Um, great news. I mean, I mean, look, it's been, it's been a torrid week, but that is something to be, to be pleased about. Oh yeah, it's fantastic news. I think it, it it's crucial for the football club, especially in times of times like these where we're struggling a little bit. It's crucial that the football club you know keeps on top of their best players and you know keeps making them as happy as possible. And look, there's been no sort of suggestion that Richarlison's not happy. Well, he won't be happy with how the season's going. For the club at all, but you know he, he seems he's, he's in a stink of a mood if he doesn't score. <laughs> well, yeah. we, we, we can win five 0 which we never do, but obviously, but um, if he doesn't score, he's not happy. So. Yeah, well, I, I I tend to see improvements from him constantly. I think he's one of the players who, whenever you put him out on the pitch, wherever he plays across that front front three, he always gives it hundred percent. And obviously, there's p- parts of his game that he can improve, but. I'd rather see him improve them here Yo, than anywhere yeah, else. Yeah. And uh, I think he's more than justified the fee that Everton paid for him to bring him to the club already. You know, he's you know, one of Brazil's starting forwards now, and that's no mean feat for somebody who's only 22. So, yeah, as, as you say, it's a fantastic little bit of news. And uh, fingers crossed we see Richarlison in Royal Blue for years and years to come. And, and Wheeler, your thoughts on Richarlison, you know, the club spent initial thirty-five million pounds on him. Um, there was some scepticism. He'd come from Watford. His form had dipped remarkably in that second half of the season. Um, but after sixteen league goals, few in the cup so far. What's in eighteen months? Um, how pleased have you been that we've uh, we've got him in our squad? Yeah, absolutely delighted. I thought it was a very good. PR by the club and I know cynics would suggest over putting it out there before Marco's got a preference conference but you know what it's been a horrible season it's certainly been a horrible last week that's that's good on the club be proactive say that this deal's been agreed uh, I'm delighted because I think yeah, he does have rough edges there's certain things he has to cut out of his game and he has to improve but there's a player there isn't mm. there like when he's on it he's really on it he's probably our biggest goal threat particularly given the former Gilby Sigurdsson this season and there's no question He's going to improve, uh, and to the fact that he looks like he's going to be here for another four or five years, hopefully, but certainly with that protecting that, the assets, protecting as well. the assets, yeah. yeah, because that's football these days, isn't it? You know, that's where we are. Yeah, and definitely, mm. if he can continue at the kind of rate or hit his kind of potential, we're going to be getting a lot more than 35, 40 million for him. If, if that's the worst case scenario, mm. 
Indeed, chaps, thank you very much for your company. We said it'd be lean and mean, and it has been. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back, obviously, post-game, Leicester, uh, myself and Adam, and uh, we'll be giving you all the best news, analysis and opinion and reaction from what is, fingers crossed, a positive result, but we will hopefully uh, be able to report on that. Thank you very much for listening. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.